had an interview with St. Louis, got hired, and that was fall of 10. St. Louis was gracious enough to go let me manage in the Coastal Plains League in 11. You know, we're fortunate this year, you know, Walker goes down, Carlos Martinez goes down. We bring up some 24-year-old puppies that, that have done great for us. If you don't have twitch, you got to have strength. If you don't have either one, I don't see how you could be a long-term impact player for your organization. What you're teaching in life is as important as what you're teaching on the field as a high school coach. You know, you want to get you want those guys that are sort of good pricks on the field and great kids off the field. Fellas, 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 welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we're here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners. We're happy to grow with you again. We'd also like to welcome our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. On this episode, we sit down with Dirk Kenny, scout for the St. Louis Cardinals. Pull up a seat, grab your notepad, here's Dirk Kenny. Welcome back to the Farm System. We're here with Dirk Kenny, professional scout. For the St. Louis Cardinals. Dirk, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to sit down and chat with us here at the Farm System. Appreciate you guys having me. Excited about this. <laughs> no, we're excited to have you on. Well, you know, Dirk, a big reason we wanted to have you on as well is just obviously um, in, in that sense of in, in your world, not everybody gets to run in those circles. And you have this uh, unique perspective looking at the game when you're evaluating players and projecting where they're going to be going at the different, you know, upper levels. Uh, just a, a great perspective to have on. And uh, we just wanted to bend your ear for a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And kind of before we dive into some of those uh, in-depth stuff of scouting, do you mind taking our listeners through your journey to get to this point in your baseball career? Oh, man. Juco guy, Sterling College, to uh, got lucky and got to be a head high school coach at a young age. Uh, did that for five years. Made relationships along the way. Uh, was leaving uh, Kansas City to go to uh, right outside of San Antonio to Texas Lutheran. And then um, Coach Norwood at Washington Baptist reached out right at the same time that I was um, going to head south, offered me a position at Washington and had a good little run there, obviously, losing the national championship game. And from there, Arkansas Little Rock. Felt like we got that program in the right direction. And then um, in talking with my wife, she emphasized, I agreed with her that we need to come home to Kansas City for. It was time for us to start a family, so we came back up here. Uh, in doing so, I'd made connections with scouts while I was coaching college and uh, had an interview with St. Louis, got hired, and that was fall of 10. St. Louis was gracious enough to go let me manage in the Coastal Plains League in 11. That was a great time, great people in uh, Edenton, North Carolina. It's always an easier summer on those uh, bus rides with no air conditioning when you go 50 and 14. Mm-hmm. And then uh, scouting side, this past summer, did, did some Team USA stuff. But, uh, yeah, now where are we going? This will be my ninth draft this coming year. Man, that's awesome. And, you know, there is 
obviously there's a high level of difficulty, I guess I would say from the outside perspective of, you know, just really that whole side of scouting. So what do you think, what makes scouting players so difficult from your perspective? Man, it's a hard game, period. There's nothing uh, pretty, I mean, round ball, round bat. You know, I'm a big makeup guy. I think guys can, uh, pardon my French listeners, but, uh, you know, you want to get, you want those guys that are sort of, you know, good pricks on the field and great kids off the field. And uh, it's a grind. I mean, kids, you know, kids go from the SEC playing in front of 10,000 people, and then you go to the Appalachian League, and there's, you know, 200 people. And it's your transition, and, you know, you got to take care of your body. You're on your own. You're not making a lot of money. You know, it's a, it's a heck of, you know, it's one of the few times I'm not the big, you know, use of the word of, you know, grind. But uh, it is a grind to go through the system. I think once you get to the full season stuff, it, it gets a little more, you know, Midwest League, you know, you're playing, playing, traveling, you know, a little bit better. Appalachian League, you got a lot of, you know, games, then you bust it back home. Unless it's, uh, for us, it's going to be over a 150-mile trip to stay in a hotel. So early on, it's a grind. As you climb, it gets, what I would say, easier. You're not in such a small town. Uh, you're in bigger cities. Just little things, you know, the, the People make fun of me all the time. It's hard to eat healthy when you're a kid in those small towns because the only thing that's open after games is fast food. Um, yeah. You know, the, the little things like that, I'm, I don't want to get off. But the scouting side, you know, big makeup. I mean, obviously, we look for tools. You know, you want the guy that's quick twitch. You know, some, and if they're not quick twitch, they better be really strong, you know, strong guys. Because, I mean, if you don't have twitch, you got to have strength. If you don't have either one, I don't see how you could be a long-term impact player for your organization so uh but yeah that's it's a hard game man i mean period i i, I listened to some of the previous guys you guys have had on parker and, and james and dags and all those guys and i i would think anybody says this is an easy game they're crazy because then every team you know if they thought it was easy they would nail the draft and i don't know too many teams that can sit there and say we've nailed every draft we've ever had yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, part of that difficulty for you personally, I'd imagine, is trying to balance the crazy uh, demand of a schedule you have. Can you kind of take us through what a typical day looks like for a scout and then how you manage the schedule that comes with scouting? Uh, yeah, it's it's different for everybody in the country. I mean, in the Midwest, you got a lot more windshield time. You know, Michael Garcia-Paro, I was just talking to him the other day, our, co- our scout, he's Nomar's brother, our scout in SoCal. And you know, they, they do everything. We do everything in the Midwest on miles. They do everything on time out there. And, you know, like he told me to go 17 miles to UCLA is an hour and a half. Well, as you guys know, being former Midwesterners, I mean, it's about 15 minutes here in the Midwest. <laughs> so, uh, but the, the, the drives are, you know, for me to drive to Southern Arkansas is nine hours. You know, you try, you always want to do it where you, you can get multiple games in when you travel that far. So, for instance, like when it's March, Arkansas, I'll try to sit down there 10 days in a row and get as much as I can get done and then decide on who I'm going to come back and view again. But um, it's time management. Uh, You know, you wake up, you get your cup of coffee, you write reports on what you've seen, plan, make sure you've got it planned out where you're going with within the next week. Um, I try with my wife. Once Once you have a child and, you know, obviously being married. Uh, that that creates a whole new challenge with a child because you don't want to miss his big school events or his, you know, important dates because they're only young once. And uh, that created, 
my first four years scouting, you know, I just get in the car, tell my wife, Hey, I'll see you in three days and mm. go. Now you got to be way more creative and, you know, it's hard. You get, you get off the road, you're exhausted and then you get home and you get, you know, you get your hands full with the kid mm-hmm. or kids for a lot of scouts. So, um, but no, I mean, you, you write your reports and then you're in the car and you're driving somewhere. Um, falls obviously a little different than the spring. The spring's, you know, I call it the hundred day race. You basically got a hundred days to get everything knocked out. And then the minute the draft's over, you're looking for the next year. You're getting, you're going to perfect game event or tournament of stars or, you know, whatever event is going on and you flip the page and off you go. It's a pretty, it's pretty interesting to see scouts, you know, right after, you know, early, early in their careers, as soon as the draft's over, it's like, okay, let's now talk about the 2019 draft. It's like, wait a second, we just got done with this draft. <laughs> so, but uh, that's that. I mean, it's it's all about time management for me. You got to be extremely creative and make sure you get the most out of every day when you do this. Yeah, and you kind of touch on this, uh, my next point here a little bit, but I wanted you to really dive into this is, you know, when you are going to those perfect game events and you are looking at some of these players, you know, what do you really look for in young players when it comes to projectability? Man, you know, dude, can they, do they have room to add muscle? Are they going to stay thin bone guys? You know, can they, can they pack it on, you know, Twitch, like I told you guys, I mean, Twitch to me is a lot of it. Can they run, throw, et cetera, power, power to come, you know, just the, everybody wants a Mike Trout, (laughs) you know, he was, he's about as special as they come. Um, But getting that, you know, a Jordan Hicks in the third round, he throws 102 for us. Uh, and Jordan had some growing up to do, and he's blossomed. Uh, but you, you're looking for, you know, that skill set that just stands out. You know, pitch recognition. I could go on and on and on. Arm speed, strength, you know, spin to the breaking ball. You know, can he throw a third pitch? You know, the average major league number three starter gets $18 million a year. Those guys are valuable. Those mm-hmm. starters are expensive. Especially, you know, you get in the free agent market. You guys see it all the time. You know, it's it's a uh, very demanding spot to have five starters. You know, we're fortunate this year. You know, Walker goes down, Carlos Martinez goes down, and we bring up some 24-year-old puppies that that have done great for us. But yeah, the, the those events are you know projectability is huge. You got to be able to dream, and you got to like players. If you don't like players, you're not going to get players, and then it's not. Uh, you don't want to sit in a draft and drive 40,000 miles in the last four months, be sitting there and not have conviction on what you want. Yeah, for sure. And I kind of want you to open that up a little bit more. Uh, You know, when I was playing at Sterling, we'd always argue and weigh the importance of kind of having skills and talent versus having like a high level of awareness and instinct uh, that Mm kind of makes you a good ball player. So how much of scouting is recognizing talent versus recognizing, Hey, this, this guy is actually a pretty good ball player. Oh, I mean, the talent's going to probably, you know, going to be the first thing that catches your eye, obviously. But instincts and awareness and how you go about it. I mean, hey, guys, if, if there's 40 picks. You get six big leaguers out of one draft. That's a heck of a draft. Some of those guys are going to be – someone's got to field the ball for the guy you gave $2 million to. And you better make sure he's, you know, a good kid, good instincts, good, you know. And they might end up coaching. They might end up scouting. They might end up, you know, being in the front office something there there's a lot of value that goes in those guys that that are you know high instinct maybe not big tool guys but managers love them and 
you know, the guy who's 89 to 92 that can spin a breaking ball and throw strikes and doesn't make the game go four and a half hours when you got a six hour bus ride after the game. I mean, there's big, those managers love them and, you know, they've got big, way bigger value than uh, I think what they're giving credit for. Yeah. And, you know, that's a great, that's a great point. And we are, we're also, you know, one thing that I've really looking into as well is scouting has really changed in the last five years, hasn't it? Like with all of, uh, you know, all of the different things with technology and, um, you know, wh- where's your, what's your kind of take on um, the changes in scouting within the last five years? Oh, the, an- the analytics side, the track man, that kind of stuff. I mean, for me, I mean, if you've got another tool, then you might as well use it. I mean, t- track man, I don't want to, I can't go into too much detail, but, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a valuable asset. It's, you know, the statistics side, there's, there's value in there. And, and sometimes, you, you know, to outside people, they're like, man, I can't believe that kid went in that round that high. And, you know, usually there's something that's, there's a reason why either, you know, he's got a super high spin fastball. He's, you know, his exit, exit velo with the bats, you know, 95, um, you know, there's, there's, for me, the more, more use, more weapons, more tools you have. I mean, I'm all about it. Now, some has it, you mentioned the changes scouting in the last five years. I mean, in the it's changed dramatically. But again, if you have more more reasons behind the validation or conviction of the player, and you know that kind of stuff helps, you might as well use it. I don't know too many teams that don't use it. Honestly, now we were very big. Uh, you know, Jeff Lunau, who's now the general manager at Houston, was my first scouting director, and he. He was a big analytic guy, and the Astros are very big on that. And as are, again, over probably, I'd say half the teams are very heavy on analytics. But, uh, yeah, it has changed. But, again, I think if you have more tools, more things to have conviction in that player, uh, you might as well use them. Yeah, for sure. I kind of wanted to change directions a little bit here. Uh, You kind of have that unique perspective of being a coach prior to getting into scouting. You know, you, you know the responsibilities of recruiting and kind of leading a team. Can you kind of share that transition you went through when you transitioned to scouting, and then how that coaching background has helped you? Uh, the, the the transition in the scouting was tough early on. I'm fortunate enough. I've got uh, my bosses. Uh, he was a ch- cross checker, uh, national checker. Now he's special assignment to the general manager. But Mike Roberts has been doing this 50 years, and uh, Early on, I would write my reports and talk about how I could help this kid. You know, if we did this, this, and this, fix this. And he sort of, you know, it's probably my second year scouting. He barked at me and said, you're writing as a coach, not as a scout. You know, talk about the tools, talk about what he could do. Da, da, da. Don't talk about how you're going to fix them. That's not, that's player development's job, not my job. But the, the coaching's had big value for me because all the high school coaches I met when I was a high school coach, all the small school coaches I met when I was at Washington Baptist, all the D1 coaches I met at uh, when I was at Arkansas Little Rock, and then all the players the coaches sent me when I was in Edenton in the Coastal Plains League, and uh, you know it gives you gives you the coaches will give you the idea of the kids' makeup and so forth because you can sit and meet with the kid, but kids can trick you in a 30 minute interview. Those coaches will give you a little bit more, you know, makeup or concerns you might have. You can just ask them, and if you have a solid rapport with the coach in history, then you're more able to get deeper information. Yeah, no, that's a great perspective. And, you know, also having that uh, coach perspective and things like that too is 
when you go into uh, those environments again, you're walking up the field and, and, you know, once let's, let's say you look at a talented player and um, you know, obviously, you know, he has some of these tools that you're looking for when it comes to makeup and things like that. What are things that you're watching for? Cause I know guys are interested. Coaches are probably just waiting for you to answer that question. What are some things uh, when you're looking for makeup, what are things that you look for when players are on the field? Just how, how they move around, how they interact with their teammates, how they get on and off the field, you know, are they, uh, a high energy guy, you know, especially for your guys that are probably going to be organization guys. I mean, you've got to have that stuff for them. Do they know when to slow down the game? You know, when the game's getting out of hand, can they, you know, can the shortstop call time, go to the mound, settle them down, especially with catchers, you know, you, you want your catcher to be the leader. They're, the, they're really the only one that can see the whole field, the whole game and see what's going on. But, um, you know, I, you, you don't want the guy that, you know, Cadillacs it in, in and out you don't want the guy that can't run a hard 90 down the line uh you're as i tell every kid i've ever drafted you're getting to play baseball is a job and it's a job in college you guys know and um you know you better bust it or you're not going to have that job very long so you know just just you know basic basic stuff but you sort of lock in a little bit more you know especially the guys you like and you want you know you got to zoom in with the binoculars and see how they do it. I always ask kids when I sit in there and meet with them, I'll ask them questions about their teammates. You'd be surprised. Sometimes, you know, they'll, hey, great guy, da, da, da. And sometimes he's like, I don't think I'll be talking to him much after we get out of here. And uh, that tells you something a little bit. Now, if they're saying it on each other, then they just don't like each other. But if it's the same, you meet with five players and all five guys say the same thing about the kid, then it gives me an idea. Like, I don't think he's going to fit well in the clubhouse and, you know, I don't think guys are going to want to sit on a bus for four hours with this guy. And you don't want the managers going, hey, this guy, who signed this guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. I kind of want to piggyback off Joey there. When you're looking at a guy, what are some things that might turn you off or some possible red flags that might get them taken off your list? You know, red flags, exactly opposite of what I just said. You know, is, is he just Cadillac and everything? Is he not playing hard? Like, you know, the lazy kid. You can have all the tools in the world. It's not going to it's eventually going to catch up to you, that work ethic. And uh, that's that's big turnoff. Um, you know, to be eligible, that you have to have a 2.0 GPA. Is it 2.01? Then, you know, I'm not saying everybody's got to be a scholar, but you shouldn't walk the line like that. You, you've got to t- take school seriously or you're not going to have a career. So, you know, little, little stuff like I say it's little stuff, but it's really big stuff. Because, again, you, you want guys – not every guy that you're going to play with got big bucks. So you want guys to do, you know, you want that guy that's 89 to 92 that fills up the strike zone and, and gets ground balls to the shortstop he gave two and a half million dollars to. Just basic, basic stuff like that. Um, I wouldn't say there's a definite, obviously arrest and so forth like that are massive red flag. Uh, but I've never dealt with a player like that before. So I haven't, I can't talk too much on that, but that would be a major red flag for me. Yeah, that's interesting. And then, you know, also too, if you can dive into this as well. I mean, obviously, um, guys that light up radar guns, obviously, you know, guys that um, light up the scoreboard when it comes to, you know, driving in runs and things like that. But is there like a certain, you know, uh, statistic that you look at as well? Is there, you know, is it slugging percentage? Is it uh, on base plus uh, slugging? I mean, is there something that, you know, to you is like a big, you know, like, hey, I want to go look at this guy um, when it comes to things like that? You know, the the – the spin of the break, you know, breaking balls, 
they're just hard to find. Uh, it's a sort of a cutter society right now we're living in. Mm-hmm. And uh, to find a guy that has a true breaking ball always stands out. True stat-wise, you know, for the arms, are they missing bats? And then for the bats, can they do damage? Because if they don't do damage, you better really be able to run or you're not going to – it's going to be hard to put you in the lineup. But those would be the two, you know, damage and breaking balls. Um, there's a lot of guys – I mean, we just had that – workout the junior college workout i mean we had a plethora of guys throwing the you know what out of it but fastballs don't scare people anymore like they used to and uh, you got to be able to miss bats and usually you're going to miss bats with breaking balls breaking balls down the dirt obviously and um you know they're just hard very hard they're harder to find than what i think people realize uh, for sure dirk i kind of want you to take a step back and Reflect on your journey, maybe to the early years of your career. What advice do you have for young coaches listening that are just getting into it? And then, secondly, what do you what advice do you have for guys that want to get into scouting? Uh, the the high school coaches and so forth realize. I mean, they're seventeen year old kids, and um, it took me a while early on. I was sort of a uh, Bobby Knight hothead kind of coach, and um, I had to look in the mirror and tell myself, you know, the kids aren't making errors on purpose wasn't like, oh, I'm going to boot this two-hopper just to get coach fired up at me. <laughs> um, but, you know, work, work, realize that, you know, you're probably going to have one or two guys off your high school team that's going to, as a high school coach, they're going to play college ball. And, uh, you know, you got to make it enjoyable for the kids. We all want to win state championships. Uh, the college guys, I mean, just be connected, you know, reach out, chat. You know, you're not going to be at the same school. You Rarely do you see anyone the same school their whole career. So reach out, make connections. Obviously, anybody who's coaching, I think, is going to work. If not, they're not going to have a very long career in coaching. But uh, for the college guys, connections. For the high school guys, you know, understand that it's not the end of the world. And it's what you're teaching is probably in life is as important as what you're teaching on the field as a high school coach. And then uh, guys that want to get into scouting, you've got to go to games. Same thing as a young college coach. You've got to, you know, shake hands meet people and, and start building relationships because that's that's how a lot of these guys get in, in the scouting game. That's how I got into it. I was a college coach, and I just tried to always be good to scouts and talk with them. And, you know, I was fortunate enough. We were playing against Troy, and one of the scouts from St. Louis called me afterwards. And that's how my, my career started in the scouting game was, you know, just built that relationship with them. And then, you know, he reached out and said they had an opening, and, you know, there you have it. So a little six-hour interview in St. Louis, and I got the job. And, uh, you know, a great part about that is, you know, obviously we talked through previously is uh, how far scouting has come in the last five years. If you could look forward and, you know, obviously being from your perspective, where do you see scouting, you know, headed in the next five years from now? Oh, man, that's a good question. You know, it's going to say, I would think that, you know, there's going to be someone that I'm waiting for radar guns to have, like, spin rate and so forth like whoever invents that's going to be a millionaire very quickly i wish i was smart enough to be able to do that but uh you know they're just going to keep i would think they're going to dig and you know someone's going to think something outside the box that's going to end up being in the box you know right every as i tell my i've got a five-year-old kid every day i tell him i said this is the worst you're ever gonna not every day excuse me but occasionally i'll tell him this is the worst you'll ever see is technology you know, every day there's something new technology-wise. For me, he has no idea what a normal house phone is, which I find baffling. You know, it's there's always something that's going to move on. 
you know, TrackMan, FlightScope, that kind of stuff is going to continue. Colleges have now taken off with it. I mean, you guys have seen about the last two, three years, the, the bigger D1s have had hired basically like they might call them director player development or call them this or that. But, you know, the, the guys that look at all that data and launch angles and exit velos and max exit velo and, you know, spin to the breaking ball, spin change, you know, how's the change of work, et cetera. And then releases and then the ball, you know, the, trajectory of the ball and so forth i mean it's i I would think today i always think man what's going to be the next thing and i'll I'll be five years from now we can do the farm system again and i can say hey you guys remember and it'll be (laughs) something new for us sure it'll it'll be interesting to see kind of where the game goes i don't think we can really end this call without saying i think you might have missed a few guys in in the midwest in 2016 (laughs) i did i did there's there's no question i didn't get in that I didn't get in the KCAC enough. I should have. Uh, I did sign Brady Butwell. No, Brady Bowen was right before you guys. I think he was 2014. All I remember is I went to Friends University and I drove back. and I never got above 20 miles an hour because the snow was coming down so hard. <laughs> and Friends had an indoor and the snow was coming like it's an old brick building. And the snow was coming, getting through the window, getting. It was one of the more bizarre uh, or interesting scouting stories I have. I've hit, I've hit some deer. Driving through snowstorms, tornadoes, you know, all the all the stuff they don't tell you about the job um, <laughs> when you take the job or things that uh, have transpired in my last nine years. So, but yeah, I should have, uh, I should have called Coach Dinkle and been locked <laughs> in there a little bit more and probably told Coach Van Horn at Arkansas I had to skip, skip the Razorbacks and get the Warriors knocked out. Oh, that's, a, that's funny. Um, well, Dirk, we appreciate you hopping on and kind of opening up some of this information for our listeners. Um, if any of them would like to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, probably, you know, either Twitter, you know, emails in this game are pretty standard, you know, first, first is initial last name at, you know, whatever team you work for. So that'd be, you know, there's the email and then, you know, Twitter's, as you guys know, you guys have a million followers right now. (laughs) Um, you know, Twitter's a valuable if used correctly, not everybody uses it correctly, but if used correctly, it can be a very valuable tool and uh, really gives a lot of guys opportunities where in the past that maybe they didn't have it before the fine Twitter game got going. So, but yeah, either either way right there would be the best. It's awesome. I appreciate you guys. I got big shoes to fill with when I started going through all the guys uh, you've interviewed and I saw CJ took over somebody as most uh listened to podcast yeah so, conger he beat conger out just just recently yeah. but, but monty monty's been pulling so I, I don't know how long he'll hold that monty's been doing really well so yeah you got you got big coaches like that man they're gonna people are gonna listen for sure <laughs> well you know you know Dirk. like again um bo and i aren't 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 scouts but you know i i just think if you really looked at, you know, the UCL tear and the, you know, the labral tears and stuff that I had, it just shows that our ability to push through adversity, you know, and can still compete. And, and, you know, that's just that stuff. That's just those intangibles, you know, like, so uh, maybe, maybe next time, just, you know, be on the lookout for guys like us in the future. (laughs) Absolutely. I will, I will do, I will look for good, high quality kids that uh, have multiple surgeries. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sounds good to us. I think that I think that's great advice from the farm system for all scouts out there. But uh, there you, go. you know, you know, we Derek, we appreciate you, you know, jumping on with us, giving us some a unique perspective again in our approach to have a holistic, you know, view of the game. So you really, uh, you know, added to that, and uh, we appreciate you jumping on with us. I appreciate you guys. Keep doing it. Man, yeah, Dirk is a stud. You know, it's great that he could jump on with us, give us that perspective of being a scout for sure. But um, this call takeaway is sponsored by Quality at Bats. Don't forget to visit qualityatbats.com to further your mental approach to the game. Yeah, it was definitely good to provide a, a different perspective to our listeners. What was your biggest call takeaway, Joey? I think my biggest call takeaway with Dirk is I think everybody, you know, when you see a scout or at games or anything like that, I think we kind of like overestimate um, what that life looks like and like how much of a grind it is. So I think uh, that that's a big thing for me is just like him going through what that entails and what um, it takes from him to actually, you know, not only just get to these places, uh, but get there and also make a really sound judgment and, you know, uh, you know, what the projectability looks like and uh, continue to hold a position with these individual clubs. Like it's not the easiest thing in the world. So um, it's just a, a tremendous amount of respect for what scouts do um, and the pressures that are put on them to, you know, continually uh, just grab the most talented players in the nation. But how about you, Bo? Yeah, it's definitely a good one. Uh, the biggest thing I took away was the ability to network and connect within the coaching community. You know, Dirk touched on it a little bit. That That's what allowed him to kind of move through the coaching ladder and then ultimately make that that bridge to the scouting gig. So as coaches and lifelong learners, I don't think we can undervalue the importance of seeking out information. And uh, it's really important, especially if you want to get into that area of scouting. So uh, that was yeah. my biggest takeaway. Yeah, no, absolutely. And guys, again, you know, when it comes to building that network, like this is a great opportunity. Um, you know, one thing that we love to hand back to you guys is uh, now continually, you guys have been sharing our stuff for, you know, a long time now, but also now we have the ability to also really help you broaden your network. So when you guys share, when you guys quote our episodes, when you guys do those things, um, as you guys have noticed, we retweet everything Bo and I both also retweet and share within that network. And we give you guys an opportunity to show the people that you're you're growing, get your name, plant a seed in people's heads, um, you know, and things like that. And, you know, as you guys know, you could always tell um, by what people are reading or what, by what people are listening to or by what questions people are asking, like where they're headed. And so that's a great, uh, great opportunity for you guys. You know, um, when you guys show us love, we can show love right back. So continue to share our episodes. Um, continue to ask questions. Continue to send us over suggestions on, you know, things with the show, guests, uh, what, you know, maybe you see it from a different perspective. We'd love to hear from you. Continue to reach out. But until next time, Farm System out.